Welcome to the Will Evans Show, a podcast that is meant to teach you everything you did not learn in school. And today, I want to talk about one thing that is keeping couples from winning with their money. And then I'm going to coach you up. Let's go. I want to talk about a very controversial topic, and I know that there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with this episode, so this is a uh, warning for all of you out there, and if you do disagree, I would love to hear your thoughts, so please reach out to me after we get into this. And so the one thing that is keeping couples from winning with their money is joint bank accounts. And so what what I mean by that is, should a husband and wife share bank accounts? Should they only have one bank account? Should they have multiple bank accounts? What does that look like? And if you look at social media, see what everyone's saying about it, I've seen a lot of people post or Share what Steve Harvey says. Steve Harvey says you need four bank accounts. You need a joint bank account uh, for bills. You need a joint bank account for savings. And then you need to have two separate bank accounts that your spouse does not have access to and cannot touch. The next guy that I've seen is Kevin O'Leary or Mr. Wonderful. The guy from Shark Tank says the same thing, that you should never join your bank accounts. And uh, I've seen mul- I've seen them talk about this in multiple instances where people ask them, "Hey, Steve, should we merge finances once I get married, or should I merge finances before I get married, or should I merge at all?" And so I wanted to talk about this, and you know, last week I. Kind of told you that what I'm wanting, that what I'm doing with all of my thinking on money, how to manage money, how how I think about money, uh, and even when it comes to marriage and merging finances, I will look at it through a lens of scripture. But first, I want to look at what is their reasoning. What is Steve and Mister Wonderful's reasoning for saying this? And so, one of their reasoning is that half of marriages in America end up in divorce. And then if you have a second and third marriage, those end up in divorce at an even higher rate than your first marriage. And so that is everyone's fear. And they go ahead and put that on themselves like, oh, I'm not going to merge my finances because it's just going to end up in divorce down the road because 50% of people get a divorce or 50% of marriages end up in divorce. And so I wanted to really break this down. And you just, one thing on that reasoning is that you can't from the start already accept defeat. You know, you can't already at the start say, oh, it's just going to end in divorce, so I'm not going to do it. And you've heard on this show a couple of times that, hey, the number one cause of divorce and uh, fights in a marriage is money problems. 
It all goes back to money. It all goes, the, the root of most fights and divorces in America is money. Fighting over your finances is the number one cause of divorce in America. So I've read a, I read a study about who in America has a joint account with their spouse. And the numbers were actually very interesting because I've seen so many people get really bent out of shape of saying, hey, do not merge your finances with your spouse. But the study that I read said that 55% of people have joint accounts with their spouse. And then it said, on the flip side, 15% of people have completely separate accounts. And then you have the rest, the 30%, that have a combination of accounts. Kind of what Steve Harvey says, where you have a joint for bills, a joint account for savings, and then you have two separate accounts. And so now, you know, we. this is what Instagram is putting out. This is what TikTok is saying. This is what Steve Harvey is saying. This is what Mr. Wonderful is saying. Now let's look at it through the lens of Scripture. What does the Bible say about joint bank accounts. And some of you are thinking like, oh, does the Bible actually say something about joint bank accounts? And the answer is no. But one scripture that I have come across that I like to think about when it comes to joint bank accounts becoming one with your money is Amos 3.3 says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And when I I read that and when I think about it, so can you and your spouse be doing the same? Can you walk together down this thing, down this path called life without agreeing on the direction? Can you do it? Well, that's the thing with money is if you want to walk down this path and you want to succeed, you have to be in agreement with everything. And with that is your finances. You have to be in agreement with your finances. And if you have separate accounts, if you have an account that your spouse cannot see, that they don't know what you're doing with that, then you are not in agreement with your income. And, you know, last week, one of the things I talked about, one of the ways to win with money in 2024 is you have to get on a game plan. You have to get on a budget. Well, the only way the budget is going to work is if you are both in agreement in how to manage your money. And if you don't have joint bank accounts, then you cannot be in agreement because you don't know what the other person has because it's not merged together. And the the preacher never says you are now joined together as one except your money. And, you know, think about it this way. You share a bed with your spouse, and your spouse may be the only person you eat or drink after, and some of you may have little mini-me's running around the house that have your DNA and your husband's DNA And then when money gets brought up, you want that separate? I mean, you have to to understand how silly that sounds. That you will do everything else together, but when it comes to money, you want to do it separate. 
And then when I really think about that is, well, maybe that is why the number one cause of divorce is money because, and I'm just here, I'm just stating the obvious. If you are hiding, if you have a way to hide money, man, that is just opening a door to go down a very, very dark path of being secretive, hiding stuff from your spouse. And that's just me stating the obvious. I'm not going to get too deep into that. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole too much. But you all know what I mean. And if you can live a separate life by hiding what you do with your money, it's just not going to end up very well for you. And that is one of the many reasons of why money is the number one cause of divorce in America. And so one thing that Kendall and I do, obviously, when we got married, she, she didn't have a car payment, but when we got married, we had a car payment. When we got married, or before we got married, she didn't have, or I didn't have student loans, but when we got married, we had student loans. You have to change the way you look at it, look at debt, look at anything around your finances when you get married because it's no longer I or you, it's we or ours. It was our debt that we paid off in five months. It wasn't, oh, Will paid off his car and Kendall paid off our student loans at Snow. We paid off our car and we paid off our student loans that we owed. And that's one thing that you have to you have to change the way that you think about things when you get married because you are now one. That's what the minister said at my wedding. You are now one. And that includes your money. And and so I I, I really want you I know that I'm going to get some hate for this. I know that this is not a topic that people want to talk about. I know that it's uh, something that most people just say, oh, I'll think about that later down the road. But I can assure you that if you want to win with money and you don't want to go down the path of, hey, the number one cause of divorce in America is money problems. If you don't want money problems, one of the things you can do is to be is to merge your finances because when you merge your finances you now become one you get on the same plan and you are now you're able what we talked about last week you were able to get on a budget because you now are working towards that same goal because it's no longer your debt or my debt it's our debt and with our income, we are going to pay off this debt. It's not, oh, the husband makes this much and he's going to put this percent towards the debt and I make this much and I'm going to put this percent. No, it's we sit down together and when we do a budget, we look at our total income after we've merged finances. And now for, I want to do a quick thing for my single people out there my and for my single Friends out there, if you're saying, hey, well, this is great, but I'm not married, not dating, not doing any of that, uh, this is great. This is a great 
opportunity for you to learn because as you get into the dating scene, go ahead and don't do this on the first date. That's not that's not what I'm saying. But down the road, you want to have the money discussion like, hey, how do we both view money? And what and it for me it's a non-negotiable. Like this is a very critical thing. Like as if I was single and I started dating this person and they didn't want to merge finances, that would be a deal breaker for me because that is how much I believe in the power of unity because when you come together with your spouse and you unite with your money, I mean, you can do amazing things. Kendall and I, we paid off $28,000 of debt in five months. We would not have been able to, to do that if we didn't merge our finances and and start to knock out these the debt we had as one together as a team. You know, a team is always going to be better than doing it by yourself. You can always accomplish a goal as a team a lot faster than an individual can accomplish that same goal. And so for my single people, this is something that you want to be thinking about as you start to get into that dating scene. Hey, this is something you want to bring up eventually once you have that money talk and kind of figure out what kind of situation is the potential spouse in. And also, this is a... uh, If you are in a situation where you... I'm not saying if you're in a situation where you're in trouble or you may be in an abusive situation, I'm not saying you have to merge your finances. That's what I'm saying. I want you to obviously be smart and be safe, but... For the people that are saying, hey, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to get out of debt. I'm trying to build wealth. I'm trying to be more generous. You cannot do that alone. You need to merge your finances with your spouse. You're listening to The Will Evans Show. Hey, guys, it's Will. I know this show is all about what you didn't learn in school, but for some of you, you need a little more personalized help, and that's what Evans Financial Coaching is. I specialize in helping people pay off debt and build wealth. If this is you, I've put my contact info in the show notes, so please reach out. I'm here to help you. Evans Financial Coaching, creating paths to financial freedom. Welcome back to The Will Evans Show. We've been talking about merging your finances, becoming one with your spouse. And if you are... Loving this podcast, which I hope you are because you're still listening. Would you please? Uh, I-, I was looking at the numbers the other day, and there's still a lot of people that haven't subscribed to the show and followed the show. So if you're a listener, uh, would you please just like this show, subscribe to the show, follow it, whatever your, uh, the way you're listening, whatever app you're using uh, prompts you to do that, if you could do that. And then obviously, leave a five-star review. Tell me how much you love in this show. I love to read those. We're only doing five stars right now. And then also share the podcast with somebody. Help me out. Share it with your, your coworker, your family. It's so easy to share it now. You don't even have to say anything. Just hit share, send it to them, and hopefully it gets out there into the wild and uh, we can start to reach more people. But with that, I posted on my Instagram last week uh, asking for more questions for the show because that is the whole point of the show. 
The whole point is to help you guys win with your money. And so one of the questions I got from Instagram was, how do I diversify my portfolio when it comes to retirement? And obviously, what I do, and look, this is how I answer every question. I'm going to tell you if I, what I would do if I was in your shoes. And so my personal investments are, I spread them out across four types of mutual funds. I put 25% in each. It's growth and income, which is this category is your uh, the stableness of your portfolio. Uh, the next is growth. And what that is, that's your medium to large U.S. companies that are obviously growing. Um, and then the next is aggressive growth. So a lot of these, uh, think of them as a very wild roller coaster that goes up and down a lot. So the aggressive growth, uh, you usually invest in smaller companies that have a lot of potential. And when I think of that, I think of like a tech startup. They have a lot of potential to grow very fast, but they can also go down very fast as well. And the next, uh, the next, or the last 25% I put into international. Uh, This is a way to spread your risk beyond the states. Um, so you're, we're going to be investing in big non-U.S. companies. So think of like Toyota. That is an uh, international company. So maybe part of you mutual fund has part of Toyota in it or whatever it may be. And, you know, everyone always, there's a lot of people that will say, oh, like those just don't perform very well. Uh, and all that stuff, you know, every time I run the numbers, when I look at it, when I'm investing into those four types of mutual funds, uh, I'm seeing a, a great return. And here's the thing when it comes to investing and thinking about retirement is so many people are saying, oh, that's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. But the average American has like no money in retirement. So as long as you are steadily investing over a long period of time, you will be able to retire with dignity with a lot of money in the bank and a lot of money to be a blessing and to provide an impact to other people. So that, that's kind of my take on investing. I'm not a huge investing guru to where I follow the markets. I know kind of what it's doing. I don't play the single stock game. So the, the biggest answer to your question, how to diversify my portfolio, I would make sure that it was in mutual funds um, and then if you wanted to do something outside of retirement and you just wanted to put money into a brokerage account to maybe save up for a piece of real estate, save up for a house, whatever it may be, I mean, you can even do an index fund. You can put uh, some money into an, the S&P 500. That's, that's I'm, again, this is everything that I personally do. I would never say anything on here that I don't do personally. Obviously, I don't make money off of saying any of this. It's literally what I do. And I have seen, uh, I've seen my money have good returns. And when I look at the track record of these mutual funds that I invest in over a long period of time, I'm getting a good return on these. And that's one thing to look for is when you're looking at your mutual funds, hey, you want them to have a 10 to 30 year track record. You don't want these to be, oh, they started up a year or two ago and there's no track record to see what they've been doing. 
That's one thing you want to look for. It's another way to diversify your portfolio and to be able to have a very conservative and way to invest your money. Because if you're like me, I don't want to invest my money and lose it. I want to, over a long period of time, as I'm steadily investing 15% of my income into retirement, I want to see that number go up. Yes, there's going to be some down years, but then again, I look at what the S&P 500 did this past year. It was up 26%. So over a long period of time, I would like to see growth, and that is going to be the best way to diversify your portfolio. portfolio. And that again, that's what I would do. Uh, but as always, it's a huge thanks to Ben for making the show run. And remember that no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. This is The Will Evans Show. <laughs>